Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey, everybody. My name is Skylar Treppel, and welcome to my new podcast on the Believe Network, Sky High Sports and Entertainment, the only podcast where you can get the highest level of in-depth coverage, reporting, takes, lists, and exclusive interviews on the latest and best in sports and entertainment and how they intersect. We all have many interests that don't fit in a box, which is why instead of the traditional sports or entertainment podcast, I plan to give you the only podcast where you can get Super Bowl and Oscars coverage, along with the best in basketball, what shows to stream, movies to watch, and the biggest music news with a sky-high level of passion, knowledge, and research, all in the same place in roughly 20 to 30 minutes. The first half of the show will focus on sports and the second on entertainment, so make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and the YouTube channel to follow along with the journey. Now, we have some big news to start off the podcast today. Yes, we're going to be getting into the Super Bowl. Yes, we're going to be getting into some basketball. Yes, we're going to be getting into The Last of Us, new show Shrinking, and the Oscars. But first, the GOAT himself has announced his retirement from professional football. Tom Brady has retired this morning. It's absolutely unbelievable that he announced it. Most people didn't expect it. But you know what? He always said he would play until 45 years old. And that was the one thing that surprised me when he was 44 and retired. And now he has done just that. He has lived up to his own word and proven it to himself. This is more of a graduation than a retirement this time around. He's graduating to the commentary booth, and he knows that he's going to do a great job there, and you can't always go out the way you want. He had the best career of all time. He still broke the all-time completion record this year, but... It was time for him to go because there was no real situation that was going to work. Kyle Shanahan actually passed him up in his first free agency, so we don't know what was going on there. But this is it for the GOAT, and he retires as the greatest professional athlete, not just the greatest football player, but the greatest professional athlete of all time. Because you know what? He won Super Bowls than any other team in NFL history by himself. That is ridiculous. For comparison, Michael Jordan, the GOAT of the NBA, won six championships. The Lakers and Celtics have 17. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls and no other franchise has that many Super Bowls. Tom Brady is the absolute GOAT and it is not even a question I mean, he's the greatest franchise in NFL history by himself, as well as the greatest athlete in professional sports. So before we move on to you know what's currently going on in sports, uh, I do want to talk about the top moments of Brady's career here, the top five. Number five is the perfect season uh, in 2007 was when it was completed, played in the 2008 Super Bowl, and the Patriots went 16-0. He won his first NFL MVP. 
and he broke the all-time passing record, becoming the first quarterback to pass for 50 yards as he led the New England Patriots to a 16-0 record through that record-breaking touchdown to Randy Moss, who also broke the receiving record that year. It was unbelievable stuff. At number four, we have Tom Brady's first Super Bowl against the Rams, another close call. Uh, John Madden told him to play for overtime, the great John Madden commentating on the game, and Brady went for it got them into field goal range, and John Madden said Brady was giving him chills. Uh, at number three here, we got to have Super Bowl 49, where Brady throws two touchdowns in a in the fourth quarter to complete an incredible comeback. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks did have a ridiculous play in the end zone where they threw an interception instead of running it one yard with Marshawn Lynch. But you know what? Brady won that game. They would not have been in that position without him in the first place. That was an unbelievable win. And as much credit as we give Malcolm Butler, Tom Brady got them in that position. Number two is actually Super Bowl 55, his most recent win, because that was what really cemented him beyond being the greatest football player, already having two more Super Bowls than Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw with four uh, for the most by a starting quarterback. And he had seven more than any franchise. And he beat Patrick Mahomes. Uh, look, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan were 15 years apart in age. LeBron and Michael Jordan were 21 years apart in age. So it would be more like the two of them going up against each other. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are, are 22 years apart in age. That's absolutely absurd. And Tom Brady beat him. So he'll always have that because we'll talk about this very soon coming up here. But Mahomes is the next man up. And that was really special for Brady to be able to win at 43 years old with a new team, without Belichick, dispel all those rumors. Unbelievable. But let's take it back to the glory days of Brady and Belichick for moment number one, Super Bowl 51, where Tom Tom Brady leads his team back down 28 to three with two minutes left in the third quarter for a 25 point comeback. Greatest in Super Bowl history. First overtime in Super Bowl history. Brady did not give up. He did not give up on his team. He inspired the whole world. And now there's a movie about it, which Brady was at for his premiere yesterday. I'm actually going to have the writer Emily Halpern of that movie on this podcast in two weeks. So make sure you subscribe and follow along because that's going to be really amazing and we're going to get into 80 for Brady on the second half of this podcast so shout out to the GOAT we'll talk about him just a little bit more but for now let's get into the current GOAT of the NFL leading into the Super Bowl Patrick Mahomes Michael Jordan had his flu game where he played sick and did an amazing job leading into the NBA finals he played in the finals with the flu was hanging on Scottie Pippen's shoulders 47 points heroic Patrick Mahomes just had the ankle game he was playing basically on one leg at some points, limping off the field on almost every play. And he threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, and won the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. All the hype with Burrowhead coming in. They were calling Arrowhead Burrowhead for Joe Burrow, saying he owned Mahomes. And Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs with barely any receivers playing, most of their receivers injured still wins the game on a busted ankle, runs at the end of the game, even though there was the tackle out of bounds 
which was roughing the quarterback. Yes, it wasn't good for the Bengals, but you know what? Patrick Mahomes made that run. He made that happen. The Bengals were frustrated and he still would have had time for a pass. And he got them into the end zone, completed the field goal. And Mahomes has now cemented his legacy as really one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. And he has a chance to really enter another stratosphere, becoming one of the few quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowls. And it would be just in his first five seasons uh, coming up in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go over my top three Super Bowl storylines. We're going to get into Mahomes at the end here. But first off, Jason Kelsey, the offensive lineman for the Eagles versus Travis Kelsey, the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, first of all, we all know Travis Kelsey is amazing, but his brother, Jason Kelsey, yes, this is two brothers facing each other in the Super Bowl, never happened before. His brother, Jason Kelsey, is actually five-time All-Pro first team. So he's a great offensive lineman, won the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 52 against the aforementioned Tom Brady. And Travis Kelsey is now tied with Rob Gronkowski uh, for the most second-most playoff touchdowns of all time receiving only behind Jerry Rice. Kelsey has 15, Rice has 22. And so the brothers will be going up against each other in the Super Bowl. Going to be an amazing story. Next up, we have Andy Reid. This is also the Andy Reid Bowl. He used to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. He got them to a Super Bowl. They lost to Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady's been around 23 years. He's been around for a lot. Uh, But back with Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and Terrell Owens on the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's Andy Reid, who has now won with the Chiefs, going up against his old team. So that's going to be a great storyline to follow. And most importantly, we have Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. This is actually the first time that there's ever been two black starting quarterbacks, which is really amazing for the NFL league that has a pretty unfortunate history of uh, racism. And so for this to happen is absolutely huge in Black History Month. So shout out to Patrick Mahomes, shout out to Jalen Hurts. They're both inspiring a lot of people right now, both incredible quarterbacks and only one can win. And I'm going to give you my prediction here in a second, but I want to talk, Jalen Hurts is an amazing quarterback. He is a rushing threat. He is a passing threat. Uh, The Eagles in week 12 had, I believe, the most rushing yards in two years in one game. And that is all because of Jalen Hurts and the rushing attack and the dual threat that he proposes. Uh, He's an incredible quarterback and he's going to be really amazing in the Super Bowl. But we have the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, who led the league in passing touchdowns and passing yards this year. So I don't think that that's going to be a match at the end of the day. I I think at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is really going to take this game. I'm predicting the Chiefs winning 28 to 24. I think Mahomes is too good. The Eagles have the best pass defense in the NFL. But that's right now. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest players of all time. And so I really believe that he is going to take this game. He is going to cement himself as the next man up with Tom Brady gone. Patrick Mahomes is the guy in the NFL. And you're going to see why very, very shortly as he wins this football game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know what? The Chiefs, their pass defense is not as good as the Eagles, but their rushing defense is. So I think when you turn Jalen Hurts into a pocket passer and Patrick Mahomes has to be a pocket passer, 
It's no question Mahomes is the better quarterback. This is his third Super Bowl in five years. This is going to be an amazing game. The Eagles have a super high-powered offense, and the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and a great offense as well. So I really believe that the Chiefs are going to come out on the other end of this thing. 28-24, Kansas City Chiefs can't be beat. Can't be beat. All right, so speaking of GOATs, uh, LeBron James is definitely making his case as he is now 89 points away from the all-time scoring record. So let's move right into Skylar Swishes, the top NBA highlights of the last week. Top three highlights. It's going to be a recurring segment on Sky High Sports and Entertainment. All right, so first up, we have LeBron James against the Boston Celtics on Saturday night, primetime game, 41 points, eight assists, and nine rebounds. It wasn't enough to win the game, but this guy is 38 years old, and what a game it was. LeBron, at the end of the game, goes up for the game-winning layup and gets clearly fouled, and the refs don't call it. This was insane. The NBA referee's account on Twitter apologized later that night. I, I've never seen anything like it for blowing the call. He would have had free throws, and if he makes at least one of those free throws with no time on the clock, the Lakers win the game. Instead, it goes to overtime and they lose. Patrick Beverly got the greatest technical foul of all time as he brought out a camera, a camera to show the referees that they were completely in the wrong here. And Oh my goodness. It was absolutely ridiculous that LeBron James should have gotten the foul. But again, he's doing this at 38 years old. He is now after uh, the win against the New York Knicks in overtime, 89 points from the all-time scoring record. Uh, if he averages 29.7 points, which is roughly his average right now over the next three games, he'll get it on February 7th against the Thunder at home. I think it's more likely though, I think it's more likely that he's going to wait to do it against the Bucs, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's old team, who he'll be passing for the all-time scoring record. So look out for that for sure. That's going to be an amazing moment. You can follow LeBron Watch on here. Uh, definitely, I'll be counting down, talking all about that. NBA All-Star Weekend is going to be focusing on it too. And so definitely watch out for that. All right, next up on Skylar Swishes, we have... Damian Lillard last week dropping 60 points, becoming third all-time in 60-point games. That means that only he trails only Kobe Bryant and Wilt Chamberlain for 60-point games. Kobe had six, Wilt had a ridiculous 32, and Damian Lillard is tied with James Harden at four 60-point games all time and Michael Jordan had four as well so Damian Lillard definitely earned his top 75 NBA spot it was the most efficient 60 point game ever as well he had 20 straight in the third quarter at one point nine three-pointers and he followed it up with a 40 piece so watch out for that too uh speaking of big scoring performances we had for our final swish Luka Doncic scoring 53 points that was his fourth 50-point game of the season before February. There are only four other, three other players who have done that in the last 50 years. 
That is absolutely ridiculous. That is Kobe Bryant, James Harden, and Michael Jordan who have done that. He also had a 60-20-10 game, which no one has ever done before uh, earlier in the season. He is absolutely the MVP. He's the most electrifying player in basketball. And I think him and Zion Williamson uh, actually have the most potential to just be next level great and really insert themselves into that conversation out of guys playing right now who are really, really young in the league. Lucas scored 10 in the final four minutes. He was trash talking the assistant coach and it was absolutely amazing. So we've talked a lot about the current league, but to lead into our entertainment side of things, uh, we're going to get back to Brady here as we talk about Tom Brady's new movie, 80 for Brady. Again, I'm going to be having the writer Emily Halpern of that movie on. She was at the premiere uh, last night and she saw Tom Brady. So it's going to be interesting to hear. Was he talking about retirement? Uh, what was that like? Because that was hours before he announced it today. I actually saw a sneak preview of the movie as well. And let me tell you, it was great. It was really emotional and uh, really powerful and really funny. And how could you go wrong? Okay, listen to this cast here. You have four women who are starring as 80-year-olds going to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And it's actually based on a real life story of four women who were 80 years old and gathered to watch Tom Brady every week. So the guy um, whose who's grandmother, one of the grandchildren of one of the women, messaged Tom Brady online, got a hold of him, and Brady sent a personalized message to the women that he wanted to make a Hollywood major motion picture about it. How about that? That's a great story of how the movie came to be. But the women who were casted in that movie were all Academy Award nominees. Uh, you had Lily Tomlin, who was the only one who didn't win an Academy Award. And she was also the voice of Ms. Frizzle on the Magic School Bus. And she was great as sort of the main cast member. You had Sally Field, a two-time Academy Award winner. You had Rita Moreno, who was, I believe, the first Hispanic woman to ever win an Academy Award for acting. And she's been acting for a very long time. All of these women have, of course. And then you had Jane Fonda, who is now 85 years old and has also won an Academy Award. That is a heck of a cast. So they, these four women who are 80 go to see Super Bowl 51, greatest Super Bowl ever played, as I mentioned earlier, greatest comeback ever, very inspirational stuff. And they fabricate, not the game, but a few of the moments a little bit uh, as far as the, the role the ladies played. And it's pretty funny. It's pretty inspirational. And now knowing that Tom retired as well, um, it was really like, like a beautiful eulogy, not eulogy, but summation of his entire career and what he meant. Uh, there's some really funny moments, you know, they go to the locker room after and Jane Fonda with Rob Gronkowski. So that's definitely something really fun uh, to watch for. And yeah, you know, the director Kyle Marvin was talking about how basically with the movie, the tension is created through the characters and their drama of trying to get to the game and trying to get into the game and being at this stage of life. And, and it's just such an inspirational movie. And the way Tom Brady talks in the movie is so unbelievably inspirational as well. It's a great summation of his career, especially if you want to see what Tom Brady was all about, then you definitely have to go and see this movie for sure. So definitely check out uh, 80 for Brady. One other thing I'll say is that at the end of the movie, and I'm not spoiling anything here, it's just a post credit scene. They're all on the beach talking about retirement. And Brady says, why retire when you've still got it? I thought that meant that he 
was not going to retire. Now I recognize what it means is it's part of the justification for coming back for one more season. He led the league in all the major passing categories the season he retired and then decided to come back. So why not give it one more go? I think what we've learned is that you can't always go out the way you want. Um, and it doesn't matter because it's it's how you played the game. It's how you lived. It's it's what you gave to the game. And, and that's part of what this movie is about is the sports fandom and how it brings it together and how it's so similar to other fandoms as well. And so important um, to, to just really enjoy what you do and have something you care about and are passionate about, whether that's sports, whether that's entertainment, there's so many similarities. And, and that's part of what I'm trying to communicate on this podcast is that we can find inspiration in our own life from all of that. So definitely, definitely go check out 80 for Brady in theaters uh, because, you know, it's great. But back to the Tom Brady retirement scene, he didn't want, he did not want to retire yet. He knew that he was a really amazing player still. And look, okay. Manning got to go out with the Super Bowl, but he wasn't himself. Kobe Bryant had a losing season and got to go out with an amazing game. But Tom Brady, you know, he lost in a playoff game, but he took his game team to the playoffs. He broke the all-time completion record this season. He did really amazing things, and, and there's something to be said for that. All right, so I think that's all for, for 80 for Brady right now, but stay tuned for more for that as we get an interview here. Um, so next up, I'm going to go through the two best shows to watch out for, quick auction recap, and then we're going to be done for the day. All right, so... The best show out right now is The Last of Us. It is an absolutely incredible show done by the same creator of Chernobyl. And The Last of Us is, it's like a post-apocalyptic show, but it has an element of upliftingness in it. It's much more uplifting than Chernobyl, for example, because there's a lot of hope involved. What's amazing is that it starts off with a global pandemic, which we just went through. And they really capture that fear and paranoia, even though it's different. In this case, it's a fungus. And uh, the fungus infects people. And so basically they become zombified kind of things. But you see that first night in the first episode and you see the fear and the paranoia strike and you watch it through the actor's eyes in incredible performance on the news people coughing just like we lived through and that's in 2003 and then you show 20 years later in 2023 and the main character uh, played by Pedro Pascal who played over in Martell in Game of Thrones um, is now sort of, you know, living in this totalitarian society where the military has quarantine zones. It was as though if the pandemic never ended and definitely makes you feel grateful that ours did and didn't become something worse. And it's very emotionally gripping. You would have to not have a pulse to feel something um, because really there are some incredible moments. He finds a girl named Ellie and she does not get infected. She has a special power. Uh, and even though she came into contact with an infected and so they go on a mission together. Uh, he's trying to get some goods for himself and in exchange has to deliver her. But there's a lot of hope because of this girl, Ellie. In the second episode, we're three episodes in, they start off in Indonesia, actually, showing what the pandemic was like there, really world building. And they continue with the story and some incredible beats. And it's definitely worth watching. But that first episode, 
is really emotionally gripping, an incredible journey. I, I could not recommend it more highly. As we get into the third episode, continued world be, world building. Uh, if you watch Parks and Rec, Nick Offerman, who played Ron Swanson, is in that episode. And he starts off as a survivalist living on his own. And just like uh, Ron Swanson would be at his cottage because, again, they're continuing the world building. So this is a friend of Pedro Pascal's character named Joel. And the acting is amazing all around. Then if you watch The White Lotus, the actor who played Armand, Murray Bartlett, the hotel manager, is in the episode and shows up near Nick Offerman's house. And Nick Offerman lets him stay for lunch. And they actually begin a very unexpected romance together. But it's, you know, played out very, very well. And again, just to see Ron Swanson in that situation, the actor who played him is, is something to behold, incredible acting. And it shows really their, their love story continuing to build on this world. But it also shows Pedro Pascal uh, playing Joel and Ellie played by um, the actress who played, the actress who played Leanna Mormons on Game of Thrones. So she is amazing in her role and sort of shows her discovering their house. And then it goes back and shows the house in time. Lots of time jumps, but you never lose yourself in this show. Uh, it's it's just extremely well done. It is an incredibly heart-wrenching, uh, gripping, emotionally engaging show that I could not recommend more highly. So definitely watch out for The Last of Us. Uh, I could not recommend The Last of Us more highly. It's the best show out. It went up by 37% in viewership this week, and it's only getting better. All right, the next best show that is uh, out right now is Shrinking. Shrinking, created by Jason Segel, also starring Harrison Ford in a sitcom with dramatic elements, bit of a dark comedy, but not too dark, is about a grieving therapist who is grieving but uses his own methods when he gets so fed up with his own life to help other people. He gives it to them straight. In the trailer, actually, uh, there's a woman and she's in the office and she's talking about how her husband says things to her that are not very nice, like that, you know, she's only successful because of her looks and she wouldn't be anywhere without her looks. And she says, oh, but he loves me. And Jason Segel interrupts her and says, no, he doesn't. He's emotionally abusive. He's not working on himself and you should leave him. She goes, well, okay then. And it works, you know, these methods, but they don't always work. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of story. And it's a very, very heartwarming show, uh, very intelligent show, very psychologically engaging. You can, the kind of show where you can learn a lot about yourself from watching it and incredibly acted, really well written, great characters. I'm definitely going to get into it more, but could not recommend that show more highly. All right, so uh, that's it for recommending TV shows. We're going to do an Oscars recap before we head on out of here because the Oscar nominations are officially out. So I want to bring up Everything Everywhere All at Once with 11 nominations. It is an absolutely incredible movie and its title quite literally describes the movie. It is a mix of genres. It is an absurdist comedy and drama with martial arts, animation, science fiction, fantasy, and it works. You don't get lost in it. It tells a 
heartwarming, great story that can really teach you a lot of great life lessons uh, about family, about accepting people as they are and embracing people's differences. And the acting is next level. I mean, you've got nominations for Michelle Yeoh for Best Actress. You've got Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu for Best Supporting Actress. You've got Kihi Kwan, uh, who was actually the little boy in the second Indiana Jones movie, Temple of Doom, and worked with Steven Spielberg previously as Best Supporting Actor. He won at the Golden Globes, will likely win here. I'm predicting that officially. You heard it here first. And I could not recommend the movie more highly. It's fantastic. That's why I love giving reviews. I want I want to tell you guys what the best movies and TV are uh, before you invest your time watching them and hopefully help you all out that way. So next up, we have The Fablemans getting nominated for Best Director, Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Director, Best Picture, and a host of other awards. This is an amazing movie. I mean, it would be like, we've never seen a director of this scale tell their life story like this in movie format. A movie maker making movies about making movies. I mean, it's next level. It would be like Martin Scorsese writing about watching gangster situations unfold outside of his window that led to him making gangster movies um, and making that about his life. This is what Steven Spielberg did. We've never really seen someone of this magnitude tell their story in this fashion. After Steven Spielberg's parents passed, he saw his own mortality and he wanted to make this movie. Steven Spielberg will win Best Director for this movie as well. Uh, it's not even a question. Uh, I really think that this is his year. He did an awesome job, got some great performances out of his cast. Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, who was in the Batman as the Riddler earlier, Seth Rogen. They're all fantastic. And got to shout out the Canadian actor Gabriel LaBelle for playing Sammy Fableman, a.k.a. a young Spielberg. But this is the kind of movie where you'll leave feeling very inspired to follow your heart trust your own instincts, and uh, maybe even make a movie if that's what you're into. But really, it's the kind of thing that just universally speaks to people. And I, I could not recommend it more highly. And that's the kind of content I want to focus on for you guys is, is stuff that I really recommend. Uh, what would be the point of me talking about something I hated and telling you guys not to watch it or to go watch that? I want to give you guys the best of the best. And this is the best of the best. The last takeaway I want to say is even though Brendan Fraser was amazing in The Whale this year, I think Austin Butler is going to win Best Actor for Elvis. Uh, with the death of Lisa Marie Presley, I think it would create a beautiful moment. She was clapping for him at the Golden Globes. Austin Butler, he was previously in Zoe 101, and now he was so good as Elvis that he can't change his voice. His voice is stuck as Elvis's voice. That is how deep he went into the role, and it absolutely shows it in the movie. He plays a character that we all love and that we can all recognize, and it is just an unbelievable transformation. Um, so definitely stay tuned. I'm going to go through more Oscars movies in depth, more Super Bowl coverage. Next week, I'm going to be doing the top Super Bowl moments of all time, probably the top five. I'll see then. And the top five Super Bowl halftime shows of all time with Rihanna's halftime show coming up. So it's going to be a Super Bowl special with uh, sports and entertainment on that side of things. Guys, this was really amazing. I'm so happy to have done the first episode for you. And please subscribe, follow along with the journey. And, uh, you know, if you have time for a five-star 
uh, rating and to write a review that will really help the algorithm, help me get bigger guests. I'm going to have NFL legends on here, NBA players, coaches, journalists, writers, directors, and I'll be giving you all of my takes too. And I'm happy to get involved as far as hearing from you guys and what you want to hear about and answering your questions. So follow me at Skylar Treppel on Twitter and Instagram, or just Skylar Treppel on Facebook, LinkedIn, DM me anytime. And I'm happy to answer questions. Talk about the things you want talked about. And thank you so much for tuning in to Sky High Sports and Entertainment.